Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's special podcast. It is Monday, April 11th, but it's Monday of Holy Week 2022. And um, man, uh, just an important week. These next few uh, days, uh, these next few week, these next few days of this week are just really, really important um, for. Um, for the story of the gospel, for the story of uh, Jesus, uh, for the, the the it's the very heart of Christianity, um, and it's life changing for us. You know, someone has called it the greatest story ever told. But the best part about the story is it's true. <laughs> Not only is it a great story, the life and ministry, death, resurrection of Jesus, but it just happens to be true. So, um. But each day of Holy Week is significant. There's, there are certain things that happen each day that just, I think as we track together, just adds meaning and depth to uh, our experience throughout the week as we lead ultimately to Easter Sunday. But we don't want to get there too quick. We want to, you know, walk the steps of Jesus and uh, kind of relive and re- reconsider what he went through on those days. And Holy Monday um, is a day you remember on Palm Sunday, uh, Jesus uh, was hailed, uh, Hosanna, King of David, um, as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a colt, and uh, was praised by the crowds and uh, adored, and uh, much to the chagrin of the Pharisees, who did not appreciate the, uh, the accolades of Jesus on Palm Sunday. But after all of the festivities and the celebration and the, uh, the excitement of Palm Sunday, Jesus retreats back to Bethany, which is about a half-hour walk away from Jerusalem, where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. So Sunday night, he reached, and pretty much all of the, the whole week of uh, Holy Week, Jesus' uh, resting place is Bethany, uh, and which, is, which is interesting, right? Because you know there's like, you know, a lot of times that name is taken, uh, Bethany, often like retreat centers or counseling centers are called Bethany. Well, that's why, because Bethany was a place where Jesus found refuge and rest. Uh, and it was at the house of uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The family is where Jesus uh, would retreat. And so after the Palm Sunday, he goes to back to Bethany, and it's there that he, um, he rests for the night. And then on Monday morning, he decides to go back to Jerusalem. Um, And so on his way to Jerusalem, you can read about this in Matthew chapter 21 and other places, uh, on a journey back to Jerusalem on Holy Monday, uh, they pass a fig tree, and Jesus curses the fig tree. And um, 
And this fig tree is it's one of the most, most perplexing things Jesus ever did. Like, why'd you curse the little fig tree? But it was symbolic. The fig tree was often was symbolic of the, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel uh, as, a, as a collective group. And um, they, had not, they had, weren't bearing fruit. And Jesus pronounces judgment on Israel that his that they were although they had the 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 fruit there so the fig, they went into the fig tree and the fig tree had leaves but it didn't have fruit so it looked good but there was no fruit to it um, and so likewise Israel had been uh, unproductive in producing the fruits of righteousness their calling uh, to be a light to the nations to be a people who held out godliness and holiness and the truth of of God so Jesus pronounces judgment. In fact, Jesus' entire ministry was a pronouncement of judgment. Um, and so on his way back to Jerusalem, he curses the fig tree, and then he goes into Jerusalem and um, turns over the tables, turns over the tables. So he's pronouncing judgment on the whole temple structure. Um, so Holy Monday was a very significant day uh, as Jesus uh, Basically, is announcing that you know the, the time of judgment has come, and he turns over the money changers, um, and and basically pronounces a judgment. Also, in that scene, though, there um, there are some children who um, see Jesus and call out to him, "Hosanna! Uh, blessed is the Son of David." And basically, Jesus says that. You know, the, 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 out of the mouth of babes, out of the mouth of children, uh, will come forth the word of God. And so, even if uh, even if the religious establishment uh, protests, um, very rocks themselves, our children uh, will cry out of the goodness of God. So, um, so that's kind of what happens on Monday, and then they go back to Bethany. Um, and we'll pick up some of that tomorrow, but they see the fig tree that's withered, um, and there's conversation about that on Tuesday. Um, but it's a day of, of ramping up, ratcheting up the intensity, uh, and it's quite a dramatic shift from Palm Sunday to Monday. <laughs> Sunday, it's all praise and adoration of Jesus, uh, minus the Pharisees and religious leaders, uh, but the crowds are all, you know, celebrating Jesus, and then on Monday, um, the, the intensity is ratcheted up as Jesus curses the fig tree, announces that judgment is, is at the door, and turns over the money changers in the temple who were distracting from true worship of God. Um, and so he turns over the money changers, hashtag temple Jesus. <laughs> um, and so... Um, yeah, so that's Holy Monday. So let's let's jump into our readings. Uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. And so we're going to read a couple of significant. I think they'll have a really significant um, overtones given the day that we're we're sitting in today, Holy Monday. So the first reading is from Jeremiah chapter eleven, verses eighteen through twenty, and it's Jeremiah speaking uh, basically by himself. But there's a, there's some some uh, prophetic overtones regarding Jesus. So watch this. Um, Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 18 through 20, then we'll jump down to chapter 12, verses uh, 1 through 16. Uh, Jeremiah 11, 18 through 20, Because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it. For at that time he showed me that what they were doing. So Jeremiah is speaking for himself. 
but also you see this is also kind of a prophetic uh, overtone of Jesus saying Jesus knew the plots that were against him. He understood what was happening. Because the Lord revealed the plot to me, I knew it. For at that time, he showed me what they were doing. I had been led, I had been like a gentle lamb led to slaughter. I did not realize that they had plotted against me, saying, let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be remembered no more. That's what they thought about Jesus. The plots that would soon be underway, which will take a big turn on Holy Tuesday tomorrow, uh, as the, the final plans of the plot um, are secured. Um, they thought if they destroyed him, destroyed Jesus, they would, uh, he would be remembered no more. Verse 20, but you, Lord Almighty, who judge righteously and test the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them, for to you I have committed my cause. So, Lord, it's in your hands. I commit myself to you. That's what basically Jeremiah is saying, and that's what Jesus said. Into your hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. Into your Take, take this cup from me, but nonetheless, not my will, but thine be done. When we talk about becoming more like Jesus, we talk about becoming more surrendered like Jesus was. Um, to follow Jesus and surrender to God. That's what, that's what it means to be more like Jesus, guys. It means that we, in like Jesus, we learn to surrender more and more to God. And so our lives should be, as we grow in our walk with Christ, over time we should be surrendering more to Him. Not less, not taking up more of our life and surrendering less, but over time, we should be surrendering more and laying more of our lives down for him. That's what Jesus is saying. For to you, I have committed my cause. That's what Jesus' whole life was, and it certainly was true of the last week of his life. All right, Jeremiah chapter 12. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease. Now, this is powerful in, in the context of Holy Monday, when all of the plots and all of the plans that are going on to destroy Jesus, um, you can kind of hear this, this thought, and maybe we even think these things when things are not going the way we think they ought to go. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? You have planted them, and they have taken root. So you can think almost in the, in the mouths of the disciples who are watching what's happening to Jesus. They're saying, God, why is this? You have planted them. They have taken root. The who? The wicked. They grow and they bear fruit. You are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. So people talk about godliness and righteousness, but they clearly don't love you. Why then are they prospering? Yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. So like, take care of them. How many of you ever had someone that, you know, a situation where, you know, you've felt been, been mistreated or you see something that's ungodly or unfair. You're like, God, do something. Punish the wicked. That's, that's the gist. That's the sentiment here. For how long will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and the birds are, have perished. 
Moreover, the people are saying, he will not see what happens to us. The wicked, the wicked prosper, and they don't seem to be, have any concern for the things of God. They think God is uh, not aware. Watch it, man. I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Verse 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? Woo! Do you see what God said right there? He's like, look, look, if you can't even play with children, you're not ready to talk about talk with God. If you you can you if you if men wear you out, how are you gonna how are you gonna compete with with the thoughts of God? God's thoughts are so far above our thoughts. His ways are so far above our ways. And so you look at Holy Week and you think of all that's going on, and it thinks it looks like a complete failure. You have the, the plans and the plots of wicked men seeking to destroy Jesus, to blot his name out forever. And we and you could see putting yourself in that position, you're arguing with God. How can you let this happen? How can this happen? He said, and and God speaking back through the prophet Jeremiah says, Look, you if you can't run if if running with men wears you out, how are you gonna run against God? How are you gonna try to contemplate God's thoughts and his plan? If you stumble and save country, how will you manage in the thickets of the Jordan? Man, that's beautiful. Oh, that's all. That's fire right there. Your relatives, members of your own family, even they have betrayed you. They have raised a loud cry against you. Do not trust them till they speak well of you. I will forsake my house, abandon my inheritance. I will give the one I love into the hands of her enemies. That's what Jesus is doing. My inherent, that's what the Lord is doing. Jesus is being placed in the hands of the enemy. My inheritance has come to me like a lion in the forest. She roars at me, therefore I hate her. Has not my inheritance become to me like a speckled bird of prey, like the, the birds of prey surround, surrounded and attacked? Go and gather all the wild beasts, bring them to devour. Many shepherds will ruin my vineyard and trample down my field. They will turn my pleasant field into a desolate wasteland. It will be made a wasteland parched and desolate before me, and the whole land will be laid waste because there is no one who cares. This is just the judgment on Israel. It's barren. It's a barren fig tree. Over all the barren heights in the desert, destroyers will swarm, for the sword of the Lord will devour from one end of the land to the other. No one will be safe. They will sow wheat but reap thorns. They will wear themselves out but gain nothing. They will bear the shame of their harvest because of the Lord's fierce anger. Wow. This is what the Lord says. As for all my wicked neighbors who seized my inheritance and gave my people Israel, I will uproot them from the land, and I will uproot the people of Judah from among them. But after I uproot them, I will again have compassion and will bring each of them back to their own inheritance of their own country. And if they learn well the ways of my people and swear by my name, saying, as surely as the Lord lives, even as they once taught my people to swear by Baal, then they will be established among the people. But if any nation does not listen, I will completely uproot and destroy it, declares the Lord. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is, the, this is Jeremiah really talking about the judgment of the nations and judgment of Israel in particular. And he will uproot and destroy. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to announce the judgment on sin and of um, fruitless godly, godliness that bears no fruit, which is really no godliness at all, right? <laughs> all right, let's jump over to Philippians chapter 3. Welcome, everybody. This is a Holy Monday. So we're talking about the intensity of Jesus' ministry and the things that he did and said on uh, that 
very important day of Holy Week. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write to you the same things again, and it is a safeguard, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Paul's saying, look, we don't, we don't put confidence in the flesh. We don't put confidence in our own abilities. We don't put confidence in the things we're able to accomplish. We rejoice in what Christ has done for us. We rejoice in um, the significance of this week and what Jesus, Jesus did for us. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. But whatever were gains to me, listen to this, man. Whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Wow. That, that's, the, they, that's the immense value of what Jesus did this week, guys. But whatever were to my gains, I consider loss. Whatever, whatever things I put my hope in, my trust in, my value in, Whatever things I put my ultimate security in, my ultimate my worth in, I consider all those things garbage because of what Jesus did for me this week. Because of what Jesus did for me this week. That is a righteousness that is not of myself, but a righteousness that comes from Christ. It's a righteousness from God. And here he says, I want to know, my, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, right here, Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. What is going to know? I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. That's what we do, man. That's what we're doing this week. That's why we spend this time thinking about Jesus' week. We think about what he went through. We think about what, he, what, what, the, what the feelings and emotions must have been like. Because we want to know Christ. We want to know Christ. Watch this. What do we want to know? We want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So in some small way, by walking through the feet of Jesus, walking in the steps of Jesus, reliving his hurt, his passion, his, 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 his power, his convictions, his actions, we can, be, we can become like him, what? In his death. So somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Man. How many of you want to know the power of God? How many of you want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and also sharing in his resurrection? Yes, yes. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Aren't you glad that Jesus pressed on on that last week of his life? Aren't you glad that he did not quit? Aren't you glad that he did not call down heaven's angels to deliver him from this week? 
but he pressed on. And so because he pressed on, what we, we do? We're we going to press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards the head, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yes. You know, Jesus had one goal, man. Jesus didn't go through this week to save himself. Jesus didn't go through the betrayals. He didn't go through the hurt. He didn't go through the pain to save himself. He could have done that just by beckoning the angels of heaven to deliver him. He didn't do it to save himself. He did it to save you and to save me. And so in light of that conviction and that uh, grit, Paul says, this one thing I do, I press on. <laughs> man, that may be a word for you today. You may be feeling like, man, I, I want to quit. I, I want to stop. I, I don't know if I can live this life for Christ. Look, one thing you can do, you can press on. In light of what he's done, in light of who he is, in light of what he's done for you this week, you can press on. This one thing I do, I forget what is behind. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on to win the goal for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's called you up, man. He's not calling you down. He's calling you up. He's calling you heavenward in Christ to better, to holier, to gooder, <laughs> to more fruit, to more righteousness. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to John. John chapter. 12, John chapter 12, verses 9 through 19. Man, so glad to have you guys on for this special edition, this special week of the podcast, Holy Week. So glad you guys are here. John chapter 12, verses 9 through 19. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also because of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Yeah, you see a man that was dead walking around alive, that'll make you a believer. <laughs> the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches. This is about Sunday, not Monday, but this is about Sunday. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming. Seated on a colt. Mm. Man, what a vision. You think about this week, just imagine all that Jesus will go through the twists and turns, but I want you to know something, friend. Your king is coming. <laughs> Aren't you glad your king is coming? He's going to be betrayed. He's going to come beaten. He's going to come battered. He's going to become. He's going to come falsely accused. He's going to come with all the sins of the world on him. But he's coming. He's coming. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written: "Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey." At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they understand it that they realized that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. 
Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard what he had performed, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Mm. Indeed. Man, what a contrast. You go back to Jeremiah's prophetic words that, that with the desire to, to snuff out the name of Jesus. And here are the, the uh, Pharisees and religious leaders are even having to acknowledge that, um, that the whole world has gone after him. <laughs> yeah. Man, thank you so much for being on today. I hope that um, these readings can stir your heart and draw you closer to, to the Lord. And may we uh, today have in our hearts that we're going to press on. We're going to press on towards uh, the calling for which Christ has called us heavenward. And, um, and I, I pray that this, this day, that you, as you go through this day, you continue to think about the, the price that Jesus paid for you and how much he loves you how much he loves this world. All right, you guys, um, let's pray. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. It's time to pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holiness and goodness. Thank you for your power, Lord, that your ways are so far above our ways. We run with men and we get tired. There's no way we can run with horses. <laughs> your thoughts are so far above our thoughts. Your ways are so far above our ways. No one ever could have imagined that this way that you saved the world. You saved the world through sending your son and being sacrificed and betrayed, and you saved us. And the whole world has gone after him now. And God, we want to go after him. We want to know more of Jesus. And so, Lord, help us to, to know more. Help us share in his sufferings, to fellowship with him, and to also share in his resurrection. God, I pray for my friends today. I pray that you would bless them and encourage them. I pray that with each moment of this week, as we move towards Good Friday and Easter, each heart would be drawn closer to you. And uh, with that, the experience of your love and grace would be poured out upon each and every one of them. Lord, thank you for each one. Thank you for this week. May you bless us and encourage us and draw us close to your heart. We ask in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being on. We will be back at it tomorrow for Holy Tuesday, Secret Tuesday. A lot happens on Tuesday. Don't miss Tuesday. It's going to be good. Um, thank you for sharing this. Take a minute just to share it on your timeline. Like it, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, drop a comment, whatever. Love to hear from you guys. You guys have a fantastic week. Love you guys. We'll see you next time tomorrow. Back at it, 7, 7 o'clock, live on Facebook and Instagram and pretty much 24-7 on the podcast. So, All right, you guys, have a great day. Love you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.